Welcome to Exploring the Seasons of Life, a podcast for women with a big heart on a spiritual journey. I'm your host, Cindy McMillan, and I'm joined today by Allison Finley. Today, we are chatting about energy, mindset, and living in alignment. Each week, I interview coaches and spiritual explorers from all walks of life about beginnings, endings, and the messy bits in between. Self-love, well-being, and mindset are at the heart of our conversations because once you change the inside, the outside will begin to change as well. I have been looking forward to this all week. I'm just so excited to have you as a guest on the podcast. Too. Thank you so much for having me. So I usually start off with what does exploring the seasons of life mean to you personally or in your business? But before we get into that, can you introduce yourself and what you do? You have a fantastic Instagram, by the way. I love it. <laughs> it's so inspiring. I love that. Well, my name is Allison and I am an energy coach. And I will say that I do a wide variety of things. Pretty much anything involving energy is what I love to play in and help clients with. So I do a wide range of coaching from, you know, energetic coaching, helping people understand where they're at, where they want to get to, and the energy mindset, you know, actions the whole holistic approach to really how they need to shift in order to create that new reality. Um, I also do mediumship. I work with past lives. We do quantum healing. Um, Again, more traditional mindset work mixed with the spiritual, mixed with practical spirituality is really what I'm passionate about is taking some of these spiritual concepts and some of these spiritual ideas and healing modalities and saying, how can we actually apply them in our real physical human life now so that we can use those to move forward? So that's what I'm really passionate about. I also work with people to develop their spiritual gifts, as well as kind of learn energy tools. I do um, an energy healing class as well, where we go through tons of energy healing tools, you know, past life stuff, quantum stuff, ancestors, spirit guides, all the things. So I teach energy work. I do energy work with clients, kind of all the energy things is what I love to play in. (laughs) Oh, Allison, and I love everything that you're about. So I was so excited when I asked you to be on the podcast and you said yes. So... (laughs) Well, I'm so grateful to be here. I know we talked earlier, but Cindy, I just have such, you just have such wonderful energy and I love this connection and I love the work that you're doing in the world. So I'm so grateful to be here and to see what spirit flows through us as we co-create. Yes. So let's go ahead and start off with what does exploring the seasons of life mean to you personally or in your business? And Allison, that is one of my favorite questions because There's no right answer. There's no wrong answer. It's just whatever comes through is just what I believe people need to hear that day. Uh, So what came to my mind immediately is the word present. And this is something that I've been working with for years, right? Like that's such a spiritual principle, like the present moment. That's the only thing that exists. We need to be here now. And that's such a like lovely concept, but to really, really do that is what enjoying and embracing the seasons of life means to me. Because for me, it's like, 
really, if we look at our lives and we look back on our lives, in every single season, there was really beautiful things, there were struggles, there was pain, there was joy. Now, certain seasons of life are easier than others, right? Like we ebb and flow like the ocean. I just believe that's what we're here to do. But for me, enjoying the seasons of life is being right here right now. What do I love about my life right now? What can I enjoy? What can I take pleasure in? As well as what is challenging me? What is pushing me to grow? And how can I lean into those challenges, welcome them in, embrace them, and also enjoy life, lean into pleasure, the relationships that I do have, right? Like looking at what we do have now, what we do love now, what we can enjoy now, and holding space for where am I being called to grow? What is challenging me? Where can I kind of lean into the evolution and the transformation that my soul is calling me to. So I feel like that's just like an ever-present theme. And that's what I think the seasons of life to me is, is just being in the present moment and enjoying each season because every season is going to have positives or what the brain calls positive, right? And then every season is going to have those challenges, what the brain calls you know, struggles or, or suffering or whatever label you want to use. So just like not waiting to be happy, coming into the present moment and going, my life is right now. My life is not when I get a certain amount of clients. My life is not when I find my soulmate. My life is not when I have a child. My life is not when I lose the weight. My life is right now. And I have everything. I have access to everything that I need right now. And really, if we can live by that principle, like how full does our life feel, you know, when you just let go of the pressure and you're just like, oh, okay, I'm not waiting for anything to be happy. I'm just being in life and I'm being here right now. Allison, I love that. And one of the things that popped into my mind as you were talking was that you, when you introduced yourself, you were talking about the holistic person and what you just described was that whole that whole, like you said, the ebb and flow. We have good times and we have quote unquote bad times in each season. It's that holistic journey that we're on. That's beautiful. And I and I and speaking of journey, I, I am really interested in your journey to becoming, you know, an energy coach, a spiritual coach. What led you to that that field? Yeah. So I'll keep it I'll keep it quick, <laughs> brief, but essentially I was born and raised in a um traditional kind of religious home. So I was around spirituality and I'm so grateful for that. I have a wonderful relationship with my family today. My parents were pastors and they're amazing and I will say I think my soul chose that setting because it allowed me to play in some spiritual concepts, like some spirituality, but there was woven throughout that spirituality, a lot of fear, a lot of shame, a lot of guilt. It was very much, this is the box that we stay in as a woman, as a person, as a, you know, 
to be a part of the group. You had to look like, act like, be like this. And you could explore spirituality, but within the limits of this box. And this is who God is. And this is who you are in relation to that. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I did kind of grow up in that atmosphere, um, which for me really fueled this energy of trying to be perfect. It really fueled this. I need to earn my worth. I'm unworthy just by being alive. And that kind of really, that theme kind of pushed me to an energetic breaking point in college. I actually went to nursing school. I've been a nurse for over eight years. Um, so I have my bachelor's degree. I've worked in the ICU hospice setting, um, oncology. So I've, I love, you know, medicine and science and, and that side, um, of things, which is a totally different energy as well. But there was a time when I was working, in the hospital at night in the ICU intensive care unit. And I had gotten into some really deep depression and deep anxiety that pushed me basically to the point of wanting to commit suicide. So there was a a breaking point in the hospital. I was actually assaulted by a patient and that physical trauma of being assaulted at the bedside made me have an out-of-body experience. My soul just kind of left my body. And when I came, when my soul came back into my body, I felt this tremendous pain that was so intense that I just, it was like the moment, like, I can't ignore this anymore, you know? Um, And I ended up quitting my job shortly after that and went on a missions trip, actually overseas. And we were, there was a a moment on the Nile River where I had just kind of this spiritual experience where I just cried out to God for help and was like, I don't know what to do. And I want to leave, you know, I I don't want to be on earth anymore. I can't do this. I can't, I can't hold this pain. And I felt there was a moment and I was by myself and I was out in nature and it's on the Nile River. So it's very spiritual setting. And I just felt like God placed on my heart, this like idea of starting over almost like it was almost like a part of me died in that moment. And God said, let me show you the truth of who I am. Mm -hmm. Everything you think you know about spirituality, about God, about source, universe, whatever you want to say, I'm going to need you to lay that down and be open to some new ideas, to some new truths and be open to new ways of healing And I just knew in my soul that I had to trust my journey at that moment. And when I got back, and that was actually, that was actually eight years ago. Um, And when I got back from that trip, I just decided to move forward one day at a time, one step at a time, and just trust my soul. And that started out with me having to heal some things, you know, I recovered from eating disorders. So that was kind of my main focus immediately after that trip. Like I got to get my mental health on board. I got to get some of these things in my life on board. And then that slowly evolved to then personal development and then personal development kind of evolved into, um, you know, different type of esoteric ideas and a different type of spirituality and energy work. And um, so it kind of evolved over time that really started with physical healing and then more into the mental, emotional healing and then into kind of the spiritual healing. And I was just divinely guided to energy work. I didn't know that was a thing. I didn't know that 
was a job or that you could do that. I did not know. And so it's just like the universe led me step by step by step. And then as I worked in a, as a nurse in the hospice setting is kind of when I got to really play in some of those other realms of, you know, people passing away and working with spirits and angels and ancestors and people's higher selves and helping people cross over the veil and mediumship and all of that. So um, that kind of being in that setting opened up a lot of my gifts. And that's what kind of naturally then transitioned me into that's what I really loved and lit me up and was like, okay, I need to do more of this. And it was kind of a slow transition of then starting to take clients and, you know, kind of it organically unfolding from there, which led me to be here today. And I'm constantly learning and growing. So I don't feel like I've like arrived, but I just, I love this world. I love to play in it. And I love to hold a safe and sacred space for other people to learn and grow and play in it and be uplifted by it and healed as well. You know, there are so many different ways I can go. I could, you know, with the with the the worth and the starting over and the trust, because that journey is just so interesting. And not all of us are able to have such a spiritual journey in our lives. So maybe that's what I'll start with. So when you were there on the Nile that just, just love that, you know, and you're having this spiritual journey and and it's about starting over and letting go. Was that, was that easy for you? Or was that, (laughs) or was that something that you were like, oh no, oh no, we're not going there. Yeah. I would say at that moment, it was easy in the sense of, I really made a choice at that moment as to am I going to stay on earth or am I going to to leave and commit suicide? I mean, I've never been afraid to die. And that's probably why I love the hospice setting as well. And, you know, I just understand, I think I intuitively understood even back then, like that death was not a problem or something to be feared. So I think for me, it was almost, and I've heard other people talk about near-death experiences, and near-death experiences change people, right? Because it kind of shows you like, whoa, there's more than this. Lifetime, use this time wisely, get it done, right? Like when people talk about their near-death experiences, they come back a different person. And I feel like that was almost my version of like a spiritual death almost or a near death experience of I was just so serious at that moment I felt like I had no other option that it was almost like fear or not because I definitely felt fear and it was definitely not a linear process and I didn't come back and then everything fell into place you know it was a struggle but I think the and they have that saying like when the pain of staying the same outweighs the pain and fear of change, like that's when you change, right? And for me, it had come to that point where the pain of staying the same and not doing anything outweighed any fear or any loss or any, you know, unknown that I was going to experience. It was almost just like this this is my only option. So as much as there was fear there, and again, there are many obstacles along the way, but I think at that moment it was just like, I have no other option. So I think it, there was definitely fear, but it was just like making the choice even in the fear. 
Yeah, once you made that choice and stepped into it, then then that made everything. I'm not going to say everything better, but I, but stepping into it and embodying it is is what was able to carry you carry you through to where you are now. Yeah, and just making that choice. I think the power of our decisions, right? Like making a choice, drawing a line in the sand and being like, this is the direction I'm going, even if it sucks, even if it's hard, even if it's scary, even if I don't know what I'm doing, I'm going this way. And I trust that the universe is going to like divinely guide me, even if I'm bumping into challenges or life every step of the way, it's like, I'm still going to get there, right? Like just trusting that process. Could you talk about maybe three or four tips that when somebody is in that place of fear, that they just go ahead and make that choice? Yeah. I mean, if someone's in a situation where they're really, really fearing something, I think a huge tip is to remember that you are not the fear. Fear is an energy. Emotions are energy. Thoughts are energy. We are not emotions or thoughts or beliefs or this body, right? Like our core essence is this soul that we are and we're we're in a physical form having a physical experience. So remembering that fear is part of the human experience, it's safe to feel it. I love this quote from um, Richard Rudd who wrote The Gene Keys. He said that it's fear doesn't feel safe but it's safe to feel it. So whenever I'm in fear, I remember, okay, I am experiencing the energy that we have labeled fear. (laughs) And this is a physical chemical release within my body, right? The mind releases neuropeptides that then allow your body to experience a certain sensation. That is at its core. When we're in fear, we are having thoughts and Um, that trigger emotional release, a chemical release within our brain that then our physical body is processing. And remembering that the actual like cascade of neuropeptides of emotions released in our body only lasts about 60 to 90 seconds. Anything beyond that is a continual release that we're driving by our thoughts, right? So whenever I'm in fear, I actually just stop and I sit with it. And I go, okay, can I remember that I'm not the fear, that in this present moment, I'm safe. My physical body is safe, right? Because most of the time, this is an emotional fear. So obviously, if you're in a not physical safe situation, you would take action. But if it's an emotional safety thing, you would sit with yourself and just create space between you and the fear. Create space between you and the thoughts. Create space between you and the emotions, And you can create space intentionally by breathing and coming back into your physical body. Another practical tip is you can rub your hands together, your palms together, and you can just feel the tingling in your hands. That takes you back to the present moment. If you follow your breath, that's bringing you back to the present moment, right? So whenever we get in fear, we know that we're in the mind. And the the solution really is to come back into the present moment come back into the physical body, remember that we're not the fear, remember and remind ourselves that we're safe in our physical body at this moment, that our physical body is safe. And then when you've created space between you and the fear, 
taking time, not pressuring yourself to make a decision right away if you don't have to, trying to create space in your life to where then you can kind of connect with your soul and ask, okay, what is this fear about? Am I fear? Am I afraid of losing love? Am I afraid of being judged? Am I afraid of, um, you know, not not being supported? Am I afraid of what other people are thinking? Am I afraid of, you know, this or that? And so getting really clear of like, what am I afraid of if I take this action? You know, if I, if I know that I'm not in a good relationship and I need to separate myself from that relationship, am I afraid to be alone? And if I'm afraid to be alone, what am I afraid of about that? Or if I quit my job, what am I afraid of? Am I afraid of not having money? Am I afraid of not being able to support myself? Am I, you know, if I make this big shift or I come out, you know, and I start to be my authentic self, am I afraid that I'll be judged? Am I afraid that I will lose my reputation? Am I afraid that people aren't going to understand me and then I'm going to be isolated? Like going through welcoming the fear in as a friend, right? And going, what am I really afraid of here? And starting to address that. So if it's leaving a relationship and you're afraid to be alone, starting to address that now. You don't actually have to leave the relationship to address that fear, right? You can start going, okay, I'm going to remain in this relationship consciously and I'm going to start to alleviate the fears and look at them, you know? Or if it's a money thing and you're scared to leave your career, okay, I'm going to intentionally stay in this job and I'm going to start to address my money fears. And I'm going to start to address that or start to equip myself with different skills so I can pivot into something. Like again, fear is trying to keep us safe, but oftentimes it's also trying to keep us in the familiar and it's trying to keep us small. So we just have to remember we can love on the fear you know, and just say, thank you for protecting me. Thank you for trying to keep me safe. Thank you for trying to support me. But you're actually holding me back in this instance, right? And so we're going to move forward with this anyways, because this is what's best for us. Almost as if like the fear is a your inner child or the fear is like part of you that doesn't get to... Um, drive the car. I heard this analogy one time where it's like your consciousness, your soul is driving the car of your life and the fear gets to be in the back seat or the passenger seat, but the fear doesn't get to mess with the controls. The fear doesn't get to drive. The fear doesn't get to change the music. Like the fear gets to sit there and whine, right? It gets to have its (laughs) place. It gets to, you know, be upset and say whatever it's going to say, but we are still driving our soul right? And so working with that, right? Like we don't push the fear away because that's trying to bypass it. We welcome it in, but we leave it in its rightful place. We go, okay, you're trying to help us. You're trying to serve us. We love you and appreciate you, but you don't get to drive in this moment because this is where our soul is going. (laughs) I have, I love all of the, everything that you've said. And can we just talk a little bit about Using the example of somebody maybe wants to leave their job and they're afraid of money. We'll go ahead and use that that example. Would you recommend, Allison, that somebody welcome that fear in and ask themselves questions and journal about that? Is that the right way that you get people to get that that information out is through journaling or, or is there something else that you do? So I would say 
play with it because based on different people's human design, I don't know how familiar you are with human design, but um, based on people's human design, we process things differently. So if you don't know what your human design is, you don't know that that's not a problem. You can just start to play and experiment, right? Like have a, I love approaching spirituality and personal development with this idea of fun and play and curiosity and exploration instead of this is the right way to do it and the wrong way to do it. And this expert says this and this expert says that, right? So for you, number one, trusting yourself. (laughs) And then number two, yes, journaling is a great option. Like there's something called free flow writing where you could set an intention or you could ask a question like, what am I afraid of? And then just start writing and don't judge yourself. Don't try and edit what you're writing. Don't try and make it grammatically correct or worry that anybody's going to read it. Just start writing and see what your soul has to say, right? That's a great way to do it. Another option is to ask yourself, If you struggle with like the open-ended questions, you can ask yourself yes or no questions. Like, am I afraid that I won't make money? So if it's around that career, am I afraid that I won't make money if I leave this job? Yes or no? And that, you know, the answer is yes. Um, You know, getting more specific about that. You know, what amount of money would I need to have in savings in order to feel safe? And then you start playing with that. And then, okay, if it's $10,000, you know, in savings, like, okay, what could I do now to then start to create that money and save up that money and then start to plan, right? So writing is a great one, asking yes or no questions, and then kind of letting that lead you down the trail. I mean, for some people, Gosh, just meditating, creating time and space in your day or every day or throughout your day multiple times where you set the intention. I'm going to sit down. I'm going to tune into my body. I'm going to invite in all of my angels and guides, my higher self, you know, God, Jesus, whatever you're aligned with, inviting in that essence that is beyond you and ask for wisdom. I mean, I work with angels all the time and one of their biggest one of their biggest things that they want humans to know is that we need to ask for help more because they can't intervene. There are certain laws between the spirit realm and the physical realm that they can't, they can't go against free will unless it's in a life threatening situation. So the angels are all around us waiting to support us. And they're like, sometimes we just walk around and complain to all our other human friends that we don't know what to do. And our angels are like, Hey, ask for help. (laughs) Just ask. I'm right here. I want to help you. I have like 20 solutions. So asking for help, asking for assistance, and then being open to receive that and addressing the feelings of unworthiness because we were all raised, especially as women, to feel like we're unworthy of help, right? Like that's just a universal, that's not unique to you. The fact that you feel unworthy says nothing about you. It says that you're a human and you're a female and you were raised in this culture, right? And so getting into that. So you can meditate, ask for help, ask for a sign from the universe, you know, and you don't have to get super specific. Like you don't need to be like, I need this exact sign. You could, but it is better to be more flexible and say, please give me confirmation that I'm on the right path, or please show me um, which direction I'm supposed to take. You can also ask for counsel from your friends, you know, have your friends ask you questions like ask, you know, ask your best friend or your spouse or a partner or a family member like this is my decision. I really want to make this decision, but I'm super scared to do it. Can you just start to ask me questions and I'll start to answer 
you know, people in human design with an open throat center, they just need to talk and talking will actually process it. Um, I have an open throat center and something I've done in the past is I'll get my phone and I'll do one of those voice recordings and I'll just start talking. And instead of journaling and writing, I'll just be like, I am so scared to do this. And this is why I'm scared. And I just like talk it out and I just talk to myself and that can help me process and get to the root of some of those things. So again, writing, talking, asking for assistance from someone else to ask you questions or to create a dialogue and a conversation where you can dig deeper, Um, getting a coach, getting a session, you know, anything like that. Those are all really helpful ways to make decisions and to work through fear, I would say. I think you just gave us a masterclass in working through fear. That was great. (laughs) I hope it was helpful and I hope hope it's not overwhelming. If there's something that stuck out to you in the conversation as a listener, just pull from that and play with it and try it, you know, just have fun with it and see if it works for you. And one of the things I'm just loving, Allison, is, is your, you've used the word fun and play. And I love that because I can sometimes be on the more serious side. And I realize that, you know, as as I'm listening to you, that I need to allow more fun and play into my life. Right. And it's so funny. I think there's this really beautiful balance of like, caring way too much and then not caring at all, right? And I think this physical plane is a plane of duality. And so we have to have that balance. And for me, it was so interesting. I think I really learned the playfulness and value and lightness of life by working in hospice. I mean, being around people that know they're dying and are dying, it's a heavy situation. But at the same time, it shows you how valuable. Yes, life is, but also how uh, we take it way too seriously. And we, we make things super important, right? We put so much pressure when really at the end of the day, it's kind of like, why not just play and have fun? We can, we can take things, be intentional about things and be serious about things, right? While still having a light, playful, curious, way about us and energy about us. And that actually allows the energy to flow so much smoother because when we're super intense and when we're trying to control and when we're making everything super important, it kind of blocks the natural flow of the energy. So taking an energy of curiosity, of play, of going, what's wrong with making a mistake, right? What's wrong with this idea of failing? Like, what if I just tried and it didn't work out and that's okay. And now I have wisdom because I tried something and I gained knowledge and wisdom from that situation, right? So when we see life as just an experience to be had, where no matter what choice we make, and no matter what we do or don't do, we're going to get feedback and wisdom from that experience, it makes everything so much lighter, because you're not like, oh, what's the right or wrong decision. And that's another way to overcome fear, is to go, what's the worst thing that could happen? And go there in your mind, okay? Like for the job thing. Like, okay, what's the absolute worst thing that can happen? I quit my job and I lose all, you know, and I don't have money. Okay, what would you do in that instance? You would find another job, right? Like you would go live with your family. You would go sleep on a friend's couch. You would 
figure out a way, right? So then your mind goes, okay, I don't want to do that. That's not my preference. But I would still be okay even if I was there and then I'd make my way back up, right? So that helps with fear too. And you can let go of this like right or wrong decision and just that makes it so much lighter and so much more flowy. Can can we just go back just one little step and we've talked about energy, but can you kind of give a, a definition of what that means to you, you know, for, for people who are listening? Yeah, absolutely. So energy is essentially, we have atoms, right? And electrons and energy is just that vibration, right? The speed of that vibration. So everything is energy, whether it's solid or not, right? And energy is not always able to be um, seen, but it can be measured, right? So even emotions are energy. Thoughts are actually energy. And what that means is they're a form that has a specific vibration that we are able to perceive. So that's what I would kind of define as energy. Um, And with the case of emotions, right, we experience that vibration. So when we experience grief, that is a very slow, dense vibration that we experience and we experience it at as heavy and painful, right? When we've ex- when we've experienced grief, like you know that energy, you know that feeling, because it's vibrating and oscillating at a specific speed. Versus joy is higher up on that emotional scale. So joy vibrates at a really high speed. Love, joy, peace, those are higher vibrational energies, meaning their actual vibration that can be calibrated is high. Okay, so they're vibrating fast. So that means they're lighter, right? And so we can feel the difference in those energies. Grief feels very heavy. It's vibrating slow and dense versus joy vibrating really high and quickly and fast. So that's what we mean by energy is the different rate of vibration and the different vibrations that we're experiencing. I had read a a quote by Dr. Wayne Dyer, and he was talking, and I've about how low energy attracts low energy and low energy thoughts such as anger, hate, shame, guilt, and fear weaken you. And I'm, and I am at ad libbing here, but that the higher frequencies, you know, love, harmony, kindness, uh, you attract more of the same. And then when you have those higher energies, you've got more to give away. I just, I just love that thought of, of it as well is, is when you have more um, high vibes, so to speak, you're just able to give that away to others. Yeah. Yeah. And we've all had that experience, right? Like when we go into a lower vibration, the world just seems the lens that we're looking through just seems to be darker. Right. And then those times where you've had a really good day and you're in these higher vibrations and you're grateful and you're just like, Oh my gosh, look at all of those things. And the world just appears lighter through that lens. So it's so true that that vibration that we send out draws back a similar vibration, right? Like attracts like, that's actually what the law of attraction is. So it's, it is so beautiful. And that makes it even more important to really manage our energy, right? And master our energy and choose our thoughts and choose our emotions and be intentional about our energy because it's going to create the lens and the experience of our life, truly. And 
You've mentioned a few times about being a nurse and working in hospice. And I just wanted to make this comment that my two most downloaded episodes were the interviews I had with death doulas. Oh, lovely. Lovely. It's such a fun, I mean, fun, I say fun in quotes, but it's such an interesting topic because this culture traditionally really fears death and really doesn't talk about it. And we hide dying people away. And, you know, it's a whole big thing. Whereas, you know, more traditional cultures, they um, are much more open and celebratory and honoring of the sacred transition, right? So I love that that's becoming a more um, common topic because I think it's so important, right? Because it's just as much of the human experience as being born is, right? (laughs) It's all going to die. And the sooner we accept that, the lighter and easier and more flowy our life becomes. Absolutely. And I just want to make one more comment about that is I think when I told people I was going to have death doulas on the podcast, their first reaction was, wait, what? What does that mean? And and it's so funny that they have become the most downloaded. So, but you're right. It is just part of life. And I, I think it's so important for us to talk about. Yeah, it really is. I agree. So, and just to embrace, because when you when you let go of that fear or you lean into that fear and go, I'm going to die one day, that changes the way you live, right? And that's the practical part of it. It's not helpful to just be like, okay, I'm going to die one day. But how does that actually like change the way you show up to your actual life where you're still alive? <laughs> right? Because I found too in hospice that so many people, they're alive, but they're dead inside or they're live, they're alive, but they're walking around as if they weren't, or they're not living their life in such a way that is really alive, right? So that's what hospice taught me was to really live, to really live and to be in alignment, to live in alignment with who we are, what our soul wants to experience on this planet, to not hold on to the heaviness, to face our fears, to move forward, to create and really lean all the way into life, no matter what that looks like to you. Every single person that I have talked to that has worked in hospice, they say something very similar, that it took being around death for them to really live. Yeah, and it's such a gift. I'm so grateful to have had that experience. Allison, our time has flown by. I love talking to you. So I want you to tell everybody where you they can find you and they can work with you. But my last question before that is, what is the biggest surprise that you've had in the last few months and why? I love that. Okay. Well, first of all, I always receive a word for the year. So um, my word for 2021 was liberation. And Spirit gave me two words for this year. And I think it's because it's like the year of the two, right? 2022. Um, And my two words for this year are mastery and surprise. So I love that you just asked the surprise question. So aligned. I would say the most surprising thing that has happened to me recently was I actually ended up getting COVID right after Christmas. And I went into the new year super not super sick, but sick for me because I very rarely get sick. And it was almost like I was super surprised by that because usually I come into the new year really strong, 
right? And I'm like, I got all these goals. I've got all the stuff I'm going to do. And it was such this like change of pace to what I usually do in the new year. It was like spirit was like, we're not doing anything. You're not exercising. You're not creating goals. You're not doing any of the things that you normally do. It was almost like this complete energy reset for a week where I did basically nothing. And all of my shit came up, right? All the darkness, all the like, you should be doing things. You should be productive. You should like all of this. I had to cancel everything for like a week. And that time I look back and I'm so grateful because I had just this tons of downloads, tons of upgrades. Like it was almost like the universe was like, I know this looks like a bad thing, but this is going to be the best thing that ever happened to you in the best way you could have started your year. Right. And so I came into the year super weak, but that created space for an energetic reset and an energetic strength that I'm now kind of really grateful I had that reset. So that was kind of the biggest surprise though that's happened in a while because I did not anticipate getting sick and I didn't anticipate that sickness being such a gift and being exactly what I needed. And it it goes back to something that you mentioned earlier about the way that the lens that we're looking at things as well. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And I had, I had a lower vibrational lens on for a little bit. And then spirit was like, this is all happening for you. Just trust, enjoy this time, just lean all the way in. And I did. And I'm so glad I did. Can you tell everybody where to find you, your website, your Instagram, everything about Allison? Well, the best place you can find me is to go to my website. It's allisonfinley.com. And on there, you can see kind of all my offers. Again, I do traditional kind of coaching. Um, I have my energy work classes on there. I have um, readings. If people are interested in readings, I have human design. Um, I do that for all my like longer term clients. Human design has changed my life. So that's a really wonderful thing as well. You can find all the details on my website. Um, I also have a podcast called Energetic Sovereignty and it's very much just spirit flowing through me. I just, I've, that is kind of my love gift to the world that I just allow spirit to just flow through. So if you want to learn some energy tools or just, you know, some different downloads from spirit and be encouraged and uplifted energetic sovereignty. And that's on, um, Apple podcast and Spotify. And then my Instagram and my Facebook is Allison hope Finley on both of those. And those I think are all the places that you can find me and reach me and just hang out and enjoy the energy. I will put all of that in the show notes. And again, I want to tell you how much I appreciate you being here. You are fabulous. Cindy, I have loved our time. It really did fly by. So thank you so much for this opportunity. I love you. And I'm so grateful for this episode and everything that flowed. Thank you. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. Leaving a rating and review helps to improve rankings in iTunes. It shows engagement, which may attract sponsors, and it is essential for the podcast to be discovered by new listeners. Plus, it would mean the world to me. Thanks again. Until next time, live inspired.